Blog Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, good evening, and indeed, there is a war for our souls. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you are an awesome God, that you are in control of all things, and we declare that your will be done on earth in and through us right now, through this time, as it's being done and declared in heaven. Father, I pray that you give each listener eyes to see, ears to hear, and heart to receive the revelation of your truth, that you will bring us to the place of liberty, freedom, because the truth sets us free. And you'll take away the fear, the bondages, the corruptions of this uh, of the enemy who comes in even guised as us. And I thank you, Lord God, that you'll give us uh, your words tonight that will speak as the, as the oracles of God, truly, rightly dividing your holy word of truth. And we ask that you'd also protect all of us, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken will be able to be used by the enemy to bring forth any shame um, corruption, destruction, delay, hindrance, or death. Father, I thank you again for the gift of salvation through Jesus Christ and for the process of sanctification through the Holy Spirit. So give us now uh, um, eyes and ears and ears to heart, to hear, to know, to understand, to go forward in your precious name. Amen. Well, tonight we're going to be talking about um, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. And looking, taking a closer look at some of the counterfeits, the corruption um, that's coming into the church, into our lives, uh, the, the way the enemy's working these days. And guess what? We have a guest with us tonight, almost a guest anyway. Who are you? Well, I'm your roving co-host that has returned. Yes. Where have you uh, been? Oh, Jupiter, been, Saturn, Mars. Yes. Extra, yeah, well, yeah, extreme I've, extremities. I've been around on other assignments, mm-hmm, and yeah. uh, there's been, you know, it's kind of conflicted with with our our time here mm-hmm. broadcasting. But I am back, and I am glad to be back. Thank you for welcoming me back. Yes. Yes, I, I had to pray about this. <laughs> no, okay, well, tonight we're going to talk about, we're kind of like using one of those funny old ditties, one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready, and four to go. Actually, this morning I was saying, okay, Lord, what do you want us to talk about? That's what he popped right into my mind. I thought, okay, well, that makes sense. And there's the four items we're talking about, money, show, getting ready, and going. And that's kind of where we're at right now. I think the world has been... Uh, laboring under the lack of money or too much money or the injustices that come from money. And the God of this world seems to run his whole operation on money. And um, so we're going to talk a little bit about those ideas. And if you want to join us or um, even a step further, those of you who really want some counseling tonight, um, just don't concern yourself. Just interrupt us because you are priority and um, the Word of God, of course, is priority, but what He wants to do through you is very, very important. So if you're looking for, you have a question, a comment, you want some prayer for deliverance or anything like that, um, our number is 347-215-8051. So we're going to just talk away 
until you get up the courage to call us. And the last couple of weeks, honey, I don't know if you were here, but we've actually had quite a few callers. That's what I understand. Had some calls yeah. with some good yeah. questions. Process. And all of them pretty much are continuing on with um, getting the help they're, they're needing and seeking oh, that's wonderful. counsel and that's stuff wonderful. like that. That's wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, okay, so let's start with money. The, the, the one scripture I think everybody comes up with when they think about money is um, uh, the root of all evil. Money is the root of all evil, but that's actually a misquotation. It's a misquotation mis- because uh, where it says a love of money mm-hmm. is a is a is it's, the root in some translations. Others it says a root of all evil. So it's the love of money, not money itself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So and I think money has been greatly abused uh, as a. Uh, in in both the the kingdoms of darkness and even in the in the church in the kingdom of God, a lot of times people are very uh, uh, pressured uh, by the idea of money, giving, tithing, um, not having enough money, uh, taking our significance from the amount of money we have. Right. There, there. In our world today, there are there's so many financial pressures that people are under, mm-hmm. whether they have a lot of money or or little money. There are a lot of financial pressures too, because it just seems like it takes so much, yeah. even to live a very simple lifestyle. Uh, but this lifestyle. has all been very orchestrated. I often talk oh, to definitely. the Lord about the God of God of Mammon, and the Bible says you cannot serve both God and Mammon. That's in uh, Matthew chapter um, six twenty four. It yeah. says no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Of course, mammon is referring to uh, material things. It refers to money. Uh, Money is to be a servant, not a master. Right. But a lot of times, you know, because this world runs with money and those who have it seem to run it. That's power equals money equals power. Um, so a lot of times, even when we're seeking to do the will of God, we'll oftentimes hear people say, well, I'd like to do this or that, but I can't afford it, and uh, or it's not in the budget, or, you know. And so we're kind of letting the God of mammon, the lack of money or finances, uh, determine whether or not we're going to go forward with what we feel to be the will of God. Also, I think a lot of times people think that if I had more faith, you know, or, or just believe God for things. And so you go off and step out on a limb and you think you've heard from God and you haven't. And then that becomes another trap. The devil sets you up because you, you're going to believe God for the money. But where the Bible says there, you know, don't go to war or build the building until you count the cost. So on both sides of every issue, there are there are two points to consider, like heads and tails on a coin. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too, is there, there's a lot of teaching that's come uh, over maybe the last 30 years uh, especially about uh, finances, and that you should be that believers have the right to be wealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the name that, it, claim that it. That you thing. could just command, mm-hmm. and it, it's it's part of our heritage as the children of God. Well, part of our heritage as the children of God, God shall supply all our needs according to His riches and glory. Now, Paul is writing that mm-hmm. to the Philippian church. Mm-hmm. Uh, as they were giving to support the gospel, they were making that a priority mm-hmm. in their lives, and uh, so there, we have. So that they were ex- going back to that: seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Exactly, exactly. That's and, and, it. And then it says there too that um, uh, He will get, do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we can ask or think. But I think what's happening in the church, and this is part of that counterfeit con- uh, deception. 
is a lot of times preachers uh, abuse their people by making them, misleading them to believe that not only can they name it and claim it and believe God for it and, you know, whatever, and using some of those scriptures out of context, but they're also causing the people to believe that they must, um, that if they give, you know, a certain amount, God will have to give them back uh, because the windows of heaven are open and blah, blah, blah. But what happens is um, I've heard people who testify, I mean, just had it heard again today. Someone was sharing of the, the frustration. So many times people will go to church and, you know, they'll leave their church and they'll say, you know, all they ever do is talk about money. All they ever want is my money. They just want my money, you know, which I think in some ways is a legitimate complaint. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, a lot of times the preachers will manipulate the words of God to endorse their particular, either their topic or their uh, uh, agenda for what they want to see happening. And so I, I heard one guy say, and uh, he's got a big mega church, and I won't say the name because it doesn't really matter. Um, he says, you know, when I was first saved, I, uh, I, I, t- I tithed. I, I got it in my heart that I should tithe. And when I tithed, I got this big wad of money come to me. And I don't know the numbers and everything, but so he was using that as an example to encourage his church to tithe. But that was a totally misrepresentation of God. And, and you know, OK, so I'm going to leverage God. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, um, you know, God's a big slot machine. I put in money and then more money will come out. Mm-hmm. And it's not like God just blessed the guy because God loves him and God wants to bless him. But no, no, no. It's like. Uh, it, it all works because I did something. I tithed. I put the money in, and then God was obligated to give me money back. Well, that doesn't always fly. I mean, so a lot of you out there have tithed, and you've seen the windows of heaven open, and then you see the windows of heaven co- closed. But you also see God is faithful, even when you may be not able to tithe. But the problem is, when you don't tithe and you believe that that's God wanting you to, then it becomes an opportunity for the devil to lay a guilt chip on you and to bring take away blessings because now you're feeling guilty because you think God's mad at you because you're not tithing. Well, if we look in the in the Bible, we're going to find out that God has other things to say about money and tithing. Um, uh, let's see. He, you know, go ahead, go ahead. You got something? Yeah. Well, here's here's uh, I really there's it's a principle, you know. Uh, uh, the Old Testament, the, on the Old Covenant with mm-hmm. the Israel, there was the tithing, mm-hmm. and actually, there if you if they were faithful in giving what the Lord requested to them uh, to to give, including mm-hmm. the tithe and the various others offerings they were to give at various times of the year, it was about I think it was about like thirty forty percent of their income mm. was to be given to the service of the Lord. Now. We can get very uh, picky about that, uh, but the, the principle, the principle of the New Testament, is 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 giving that everything belongs to the Lord, mm-hmm. and we what He has entrusted to us, it's it's given to us, uh, and we have a response. It's from Him, and we're responsible to use that for His glory. It's it's a stewardship. Yep, exactly. We are we are to faithful. be faithful and obedient managers of mm-hmm. what God has given to us. In Proverbs three, uh, nine, it says, "Honor the Lord with thy substance, and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Mm-hmm. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine." So mm-hmm. the, there's a principle of honoring God in everything. 
uh, in everything. A lot of times we have uh, compartmentalization, uh, and that's a, of our lives. Of our lives, it's like, well, this is my religious life, this mm-hmm. is my business life, this is my political life, and it's all kind of in separate compartments. Mm-hmm. But really, our whole life. Yes. It, well, it, it, there's, there shouldn't be compartments. It's, it's just our whole. Well, that's lifestyle. a worldview. That's a worldview. There's two worldviews actually. There's the world's worldview, and then there's God's worldview. And I was exactly thinking of that same thing. When we compartmentalize our lives, it's like, okay, I give God an hour on Sunday. I give Him ten percent, and that should be enough for Him. And now I'm going to go do my thing and my business my way. But in the Hebraic culture, everything was one. Mm-hmm. Everything was it was all about God. The feast days were God. The the leaven and the bread was God. The uh, you know, everything belonged to God, and God was in everything in terms of your um, conscious awareness of him. He wasn't, you know, restricted to a certain day. Or and, a certain it's it's time. the same same truth, same principle in the New Testament. We are the Lord's. We belong to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And everything that we have is 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 a gift of God. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, every ability... good gift and every perfect mm-hmm. gift, James says, is from above. Mm-hmm. And so he come. He's the father of lights, and he's going to take care of his children. Well, now, in Luke, Luke chapter six, and in the Beatitudes, Matthew as well, six. But Luke says, "Blessed are the poor." Now, obviously, you know Jesus said, "The poor you're going to always have with you." So he's blessed are the poor. That means you don't have to be rich to be blessed, and that's we think we have to be rich to be blessed and if you're blessed you're rich and if you're rich you're blessed but he said blessed are the poor for yours is the kingdom of god blessed are you who hunger now for you shall be filled blessed are you who weep now for you shall laugh and and so you see the whole priority and the characteristics attributes important things in the kingdom of god are so absolutely opposite of what we're spending our time spinning our wheels try to get and most of us because we're so consumed with that deception the world's deception. We are in these demonic strong boxes of poverty or or uh, debts um, because we're all we're trying to earn a living. Our life is not to be just about earning your living to put your bread on your table. It's not up to you. It's really God's faithfulness to you and my, and me that gives us that bread and, and and provision in the first place. And and oftentimes, you know, we we're plagued with debt in, in America. I think the average I don't know what it is now. The, you know, every once in a while you hear about what the average credit mm-hmm. card debt is in. in well, the we're States. over our heads. That's all it's we like, know. You know, maybe and that's 10, a way of dollars. creating a prison. Right. It, it is. A debt is a debtor's we're, prison. We're in, we're in debtor's prison because yeah. we've got higher interest loans. We're we're borrowing. We're so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's easy to pull out the plastic, mm-hmm. uh, put it on the card. And then you've got the the high interest and so forth. Well, Jesus, and it's, it's put so much pressure on individuals. It's put so much pressure on marriages mm-hmm. because it seems like we're trying to uh, achieve or live at a level that maybe is beyond what you know is necessary. Means. Right? We're stewards and we're also pilgrims pa- passing through this place. It's not about um, getting a whole bunch of money, living in a million dollar house. Now some of you do and that's great. That's fine. Oh, but yeah. as long as you are able to use those gifts and that stewardship for the kingdom of God. Um Jesus said as these were going on in his discussion in the Beatitudes later on in chapter six he says in verse nineteen, 
He says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys where the thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now, it's interesting there, that's there, where the the love of money that goes back to the love. What are we loving? What are we looking to for our protection, our salvation? In James chapter six, uh, I'm sorry, chapter five. I got to read a couple. He says, verse one: Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries are coming up, coming upon you. Now James is really talking about the culmination of all of your life's efforts to just get enough to get by or get rich or get the new car, the second car, the newer home, the bigger this, the better education, the whatever, never enough. And James says, your riches are corrupted and your garments are moth-eaten. Your gold and your silver are eroded, corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You sh- you, you have heaped up treasures for the last days. I, this makes me think of... Schindler's List, if you've ever seen the movie, how that he finally realized that the the, the silver, the gold, the, the money that he had, with that money he could have actually, you know, bought another soul's life and freedom, and so he was realizing that the silver, the gold was worth nothing, except what it what it was able to do to purchase the freedom, the life, um, the deliverance of those uh, Jewish people who were slated for the Holocaust. Um, indeed, he said, the wages of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept back by fraud, cry out, and the cries of the reapers have reached to the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury, and you have fattened your hearts as in a day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have condemned, and you have murdered the just. He does not resist you, and he does not resist you. Yeah, let me read also a scripture here from me from... First Timothy six um, five. It, he taught he kind of breaking into the thought here. Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. Right, but, but it says in the Bible, godliness with contentment is great gain. And so, the next verse. oh, it, it is. Says, <laughs> the next verse. It says, For we brought nothing into this world, and certainly we can carry nothing out. Uh, the old story, you never see a, a U-Haul truck uh, behind, a hearse. behind a hearse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, and having food and raiment, it's food and clothing, with let us be, be there with content. Mm-hmm. But they that will be rich, or want to be, or want to be that that's their goal in life, mm-hmm. fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, mm-hmm. which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil, mm-hmm. which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith mm-hmm. and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Now, a- another thing, too, here's another side. He says, you know, Paul uh, told Timothy, who was a, a pastor at the church of Ephesus, he said uh, in First Timothy six seventeen. Uh, whoa, through 17 through 19, charge them that are rich in this world. It doesn't mean, you know, get money from them. Yeah, you know, build, charge them. Mean, yeah, charge them, in other words, command oh, them, encourage yeah. them, mm-hmm. uh, warn them. Instruct them. That they be not high-minded. Sometimes, you know, 
if you increase in riches and it's, right. it's, it's arrogance, a pride right. factor and arrogance, right. We're better nor than. trust in uncertain riches. I share, I want to share a little ditty there, uncertain riches. Uh, that little ditty some of you may have heard, uh, money talks, I can't deny, I heard it once, I sa- it said goodbye. Mm-hmm. So uh, uncertain riches. Uh, 2008, um, you know, Collapsing. a lot of people, the collapse of the, um, the what the um, Eco- stock market, and the yeah, stock market, all and all these things. Uh, uncertain riches. A lot of people lost their life savings, mm-hmm. uh, their their investments, and and has still working well, this- to recover from that. Don't trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Now, that those that are wealthy, that they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, and willing to communicate, laying, laying up in store for them, for themselves. Now, that's that's mm-hmm. what you shared earlier about set, laying up treasures in heaven. Right. Laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come that they may hold lay hold on eternal life. So... There, there's there's two different kind of schools of thought over the years. It used to be, you know, that well, if I'm you know poor and I'm humble, that means I'm I'm holy. godly and and I'm so holy. forth. Mm-hmm. I'm spiritual. I'm holy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other flip side now is is that you know if you if you're not wealthy, you don't have the faith. Then you don't have the favor of God. You don't have the favor of God. So neither They're, having yes. great poverty or great riches. Is is uh, is spiritual? Is godly? Or an indication of God's favor? It's not necessarily an indication of. Because going back to that very thought, and going back to kind of wrapping this section up, is that when you, um, you know, put God to the test and say, "Okay, I'm going to tithe, and now God owes me, you know, a ten percent or a hundred percent, hundredfold increase or whatever, whatever," you're actually, um, you know, manipulating God and believing the law that that God owes you something uh, rather than being content, helping the poor, um, eating your food with joy and gladness, living your life with simplicity, uh, and believing God. So it's like this religious kind of manipulation is the world system, and it's coming to the church, and that's, that's one for the money. Money is the God of this world. He is. He calls the shots. He brings great sorrow, great poverty, and we have a lot of... Um, uh, opportunity in that area, not only to bless others, but to seek God for His instruction and for His supply, His sourcing. And that's really very important, Margie, as we close this part out. Um, it's so important that you listen to the Lord, seek the Lord about it, because uh, you need to have a lot of discernment. If you are giving to a particular ministry, mm-hmm. you need to do your due diligence Study that ministry. Well, are they are they being yeah. fruitful? Are are they or, or, or whatever the need? Or are is. they deceptive? And this leads us into part two: one for the money, two for the show. Ooh. I think we're into the show. I mean, Lucifer, the angel of light show. Uh, Lucifer was the light bearer in heaven, the covering cherub. And what's happening now is that when he fell from heaven, he was able to take all of his gifts with him, and those include what we now covet. Even in the church, I mean, obviously he had music, musical instruments inside of his body. He had gems and beautiful, brilliant colors, and that's what you see nowadays. You see a lot of light shows, but you don't just see those light shows out there in the world. He's actually bringing them into the church. We've got all kinds of um, 
you know, special the lighting special effects. Effect, special effects, you know, and it says in Second Thessalonians that he'd bring about signs and lying wonders. Even in these days, there's lying signs and wonders going on in the church and um, uh, everything. He was the covering cherub, so he covered the glory of God. He, when he fell, he also brought that ability to create a, 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 a counterfeit glory of God, presence of God, uh, stimulating emotions and feelings and whatnot. And he has brought that into the place where people are the most hungry for God, and that, of course, would be the church. So in the last days, the people who are going to be the most uh, easily deceived are the ones who are the most hungry for God. And Jesus said, again, in the, in the last days, one of the signs was they would come deceiving and and saying, he is over there. The Christ is there. He's there. He's up in the room. He's there. And he said, don't go. And I think that's one of the things that, that's very uh, significant and very uh, characteristic of these last days as we're at one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready and four to go, is that this show, uh, the, the looking like everything is cool and beautiful. And God, when it's not, that leads us to the, back to the money thing. A lot of times people are listening to these preachers. They're rich. They're famous. They're giving you some little trinket if you give them five bucks. These little old ladies, they got these soft little hearts. They don't know how to say no, and they this must be a man of God. They give their life savings, and they're not giving it for a good cause. They're giving it because they've been tricked and deceived. And and so because they believed, they heard from God, or that this was the voice of God, or this was a man of God. And again, we must be more discerning in these days. Don't believe that everything lo- looks like uh, Jesus said you judge by appearance. So don't believe that everything that looks like God is necessarily the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It could be the God of this world dressing up to look like Jesus, and we see that a lot in the churches. Um, so, and, and then let's go to uh, Paul had this problem in Philippians, where he said, "Some preached Christ out of strife and vainglory, but some preach him." Let's just go. That's Philippians chapter one. Uh, this is nothing new. This is old as the hills. It's as old as Paul. It's as old as it's always been here. You know. He says in chapter 1, he says, um, uh, verse, let's see, 15. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincere, supposing to add affliction to my chains, but the latter out of love, knowing that I am appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? In every, only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and I will rejoice. Even though I think Paul was tempted to get a little ticked at the manipulation, the mishandling of the gospel of Jesus Christ through these charlatans and these um, people who are making their living through the gospel, professional preachers, uh, false shepherds, uh, false prophets, and duping and deceiving and and fleecing the sheep, I believe that Paul was nonetheless had to settle it that this is God's problem and I'm going to rejoice. But nonetheless, those preachers, of those insecure preachers were there manipulating the Word of God. Well, could, uh, I want to read, too, from Galatians chapter 1. Uh, and we have a lot of this uh, these days. Um, he says, uh, Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from the from him that called you into the grace of Christ, unto another gospel, mm-hmm. which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. 
As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. So Paul was saying there what? He was saying, if anybody, even if I come preaching another gospel, he knew that people were already being bewitched. What does that mean? That means they were falling for the light show. They were falling for the lookalikes, yep. the counterfeits. And I think Satan has only perfected the counterfeits in these days, even though um, you know many of us don't look that carefully. If you go to Second Corinthians, you see another problem that kind of goes along with the light show. Uh, in chapter 4, he says, Therefore, verse 1, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. So he's talking about this is what keeps us going, is the love of God not the finances, not, you know, thank yous, not the anything, but the love of God and the mercy of God. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. What's he saying? We have renounced the hidden things of shame. There is a temptation to dip out of the offering plate, I am sure. There's a temptation to use the, the word of God as a, as a club, as a, as a uh, uh, power uh, intimidation. Uh, you know, many religions have the, the, their, their noted official who is the only one who can t- touch or talk to God, and you have to go through them to be uh, receive spiritual instruction. This is a way of intimidating and controlling people. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. He didn't put that kind of uh, rulership over us, but we are, we are all of the same body different parts, but the same body. Um, so renouncing the hidden things of shame. A lot of times when people are ashamed, and they're, they're not confident, they will dress up. They'll wear fancy, expensive clothing and drive fancy cars and cover their shame and insecurity with what appears to be confidence, arrogance, and um, authority. You know, those kinds of things. That appearance gives them the authority. And so, therefore, they're hiding. They're, wa- they're walking in craftiness, handling the Word of God, mishandling it deceitfully, treacherously, to actually... Um, you know, what What would you say? Feather their own nests or, or um, establish their own worth and value and credibility? Mm-hmm. And But listen, if you, you know, what happens then, uh, he says, if our gospel is veiled or it's covered, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age, that would be who, has blinded, so that we, so who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God, should shine upon them. For we do not preach ourselves. If you're following someone who's preaching themselves, lifting up their name, their name is on the church, it's all about them, I would really be seriously consider, uh, you know, looking more deeply into what that's, what's really going on and the fruit of that, because you may be needing to leave there. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So there is the true light of Jesus Christ, and then there's the, the false lights the, the, um, that the angel of light gives. Now here's the fruit. Here's what a real gospel looks like. Verse 8 of the same chapter. Paul says, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed but not in despair, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our body. Now, is that that's truly what a real operating, working church 
or member uh, uh, follower of Jesus Christ. That's really what their lives are going to look like. It's more the persecuted, beat down, not destroyed, than this high and haughty, you know, whatever we see flashed around on our glossy magazines and TV screens. Right, and and a lot of people really go from church to church to uh, where's the best show? Right. You know, we say, oh, "Oh, God is really moving over there. Yeah. Or uh, the presence of God is so strong over there. Or the worship is so wonderful Mm -hmm, there. mm -hmm. Or they have so many good things for our children there. Yeah. Uh, so we're we're looking at a lot of uh, surface stuff, mm-hmm. feeling, mm-hmm. entertainment, yeah. the appearance of, yeah. of of success. Man, we could say, well, I'm I'm part of this church because they've got this uh, big fancy building. They've got this wonderful worship team. They've got you know, thousands of people attending, and they've got so many things going on. It and- it, it it you know it may be I'm not we're not against big larger churches mm-hmm. and ministry. Mm-hmm. But, you know, look at it close. Look with before the, below the surface. Is it just a big uh, entertainment sh- machine? Mm-hmm. Is is there something? Is it a corporation or is it a church? Is, is it, it a run, family? Is it run as a, body? A, as a, as a big a, a business, business? Or mm-hmm. is, it run, is it really, you know, run go according back. to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, go back to look at the gospel and what was going on there. They're, they had some things in, in common. They had community. They had some things like that. But it, they did not, you know, it, what we're looking at now, what we're seeing out there now, people, is not what we were shown in the book of Acts. Yeah, and if you have some comments on maybe some of your experiences mm-hmm. uh, in church, uh, good, bad, or somewhere in between, yeah, or th- questions that you have, uh, give us a call. We'd love to talk with you. Three four seven two one five eight zero five one. Again, three four seven two one five eight zero five one. You know, when I'm working with people, a lot of times they'll come in and I'll say, "Well, what church do you go to?" Just kind of as part of the intake information, and they say, "Well, you know, I really feel bad, but I haven't been going to church lately. I just can't get into it. I haven't gone for a while. Um, you know, just it's it's just there's something not right there." Or they're, you know, they're sad because they can't seem to find a place to fellowship. And that's, I think, one of the primary questions a lot of people ask. Well, where's a good church? Where can I get taught? Well, obviously, you're not the only one because there's a lot of people out there that are doing, leaving their churches. But I wouldn't, I would take comfort in this. Uh, In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, God says, um, what accord has Christ with Belial or the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This is the Lord Almighty who is saying, there's some things you just can't put up with. You can't tolerate. You can't walk in the midst of it. You can't compromise with it. You can't be okay. You can't. It's not. It's it's not about love. It's about leaving. It's there's a time to love and the time to let go. There's a time to. And this is he's saying some of these things. You're not going to change them by being a witness there. You're not going to uh, make them uh, see the light. As a matter of fact, uh, they'll probably put out your light if they can. So come out from among them. And if you're worried about losing your faith or your walk with Christ. Just take your Bible, sit down in your favorite comfy chair, 
and read in the morning, Sunday morning, whatever, instead of going to church, instead of getting all hyped up and all tensed up and leaving there, you know, with a gospel of works mixed with the gospel of grace and just read the God, the, the Bible as the Lord has written it and let the Holy Spirit comfort you. And, and you say, well, that's too easy. Well, you know, maybe you need something easy for a change. Right. Let me, uh, I want to share this uh, with you that this is really the kind of ministers that we're looking for, that you need to be associated with, okay? And and, 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 and we have to look in, in everything these days, uh, whether it's the church or what's going on in our world, we have to look, discern, the discernment of spirits, uh, discerning of spirits, uh, always looks below the surface. Mm-hmm. You can't just go by the appearance. outward appearance. Mm-hmm. And draw wrong conclusions. You draw wrong said. conclusions mm-hmm. if you just look at outward appearance. You have to sense what's the spirit of it, what's really going on mm-hmm. there. And the Holy Spirit knows, and he can let you know so you can Walk adjust yourself mm-hmm. appropriately. But here's here's how Paul, Paul writing to the church in Thessalonica, in 1 Thessalonians 2, uh, we're going to read down 1 through 12. But just listen carefully here. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before and were shamefully entreated, as you know, at Philippi, we were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. For For our exhortation was not of deceit, nor of uncleanness, nor in guile. There's no deceitfulness. Mm-hmm. They're just straightforward. Mm-hmm. But as we were allowed of God to be put in trust with the gospel, even so we speak, not as pleasing men. Oh, yeah. There yeah. you go. You don't want to have spiritual leaders that are just men pleasers. You need to have people that love people, mm-hmm. but not are but just please men God. pleasers. But God, which trieth our hearts. For neither at any time used we flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak of covetousness. They weren't just trying mm-hmm. to get money out of the people. God is witness. Nor of men sought we glory. We're not just there. Oh, my. It wasn't just Don't a, touch ooh. the glory. Yep. Nor of men sought we glory. How much it goes on in churches that you want everybody to speak Notice well of you. you. And Jesus mm-hmm. said, woe unto you when all mm-hmm. men speak well of you. Neither of you, we didn't seek glory, neither of you nor yet of others, when we might have been burdensome as the apostles of Christ, but we were gentle among you, even as a nurse cherisheth her children, or as a nursing mother cherishes her children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were willing to have imparted unto you not the gospel of God only, but our own souls. Mm. Yeah, Paul because said, you yeah. Were dear, you were dear unto us. Yeah. For you remember, brethren, our labor and travail and for laboring night and day because we would not be chargeable to any of you. We preached unto you the gospel of God. So these are people. So free of charge, basically, Paul. These were bivocational preachers. By, they worked, they mm-hmm. worked, he worked a regular Tent-making. job and, mm-hmm. did, and did ministry. Verse 10, ye are witnesses, and God also, how holily and justly and unblameably we behaved ourselves among you that believed. And as as ye know how we exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father doth his, his children. children. 
that you would walk worthy of God, mm-hmm. who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. Now, this I mean, is really, isn't this really the description of the preacher, the ideal preacher? Yes. You know, this is the one, and he's not, you know, uh, flaunting his own credentials, PhDs, uh, name, nothing. It is just simply becoming a servant's humble before God. Now, on the other side of that, the Bible also does say that the labor is worthy of his hire. Right. And so that doesn't mean you need to starve the preacher to make sure he stays holy. What it means <laughs> is that the preacher is willing to starve for your sake to be holy, but you're also on the other side of it willing to give out yes. of your abundance that he might uh, do well. So that, uh, where's that verse where it says, you know, they, they all, one gave out of their abundance and the other gave out of their lack and they all labored together and they sure, had sure. everything they Paul needed. Paul said, don't muzzle um, the ox that, that, mm-hmm. that pulled, that treads mm-hmm. out the grain. Yeah. So in other words, there is a, there is a privilege, a li- dynamic, mm-hmm. for a, if you, if a, a minister ministers to you in spiritual things, Mm-hmm. There is that reciprocation of ministry, and that is that called in, love. In carnal things, see, love that, is the the common denominator. Support. Yeah, love is that common denominator. So you give out of your uh, your your the parts. You're blessed. You give, and then they receive, and they're blessed, and so they give, and you're blessed, and it's this all about God blessing all of us with the great gift of love and and comfort. Really, everything the most powerful thing in the world. Um, is not the devil's system or his management operation or his technology or his God of mammon uh, dynamic counterfeits. It is the love of God that will prevail. So now we're down. We've got one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. So we're talking about... What are we getting ready for? The coming of the Lord, absolutely. The coming of the Lord. Mm -hmm. And this is the way, this is where we are now. This is where we are right now. We've looked at these other things, but what are we doing? What can we do? How do we know? What has, is Who is in charge of our getting ready when obviously this thing is so incredibly out of control that we can't even imagine how to get ready for this thing? So let's look at what Philippians says again, chapter 4. Um, there's so many places in the Bible where God wants us to be encouraged and encourage one another. We know we're in a battle. This is a battle. And if you don't understand this dynamic life down here on the planet, the big picture, as a spiritual war, you will absolutely be eaten up by it. I mean, I have people now. I get this is this is a segue, just aside for a second. People who are calling me almost every day now, with demons appearing to them, terrorizing their children in the night, um, uh, flaunting themselves, trying to take people's lives. Um, and if you don't understand that this is a battle for this for your soul, and that the devil is getting more and more bold, and more and more blatant. And God is calling his people, the remnant of his people. We are called now the remnant. I think that's a safe name for that kind of collects all of those who love God into that place of persecution and, and faithfulness. Um, if you don't know how to defend or, or do what God says, he says, um, deal, deliver, uh, cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, you will not do well. Your, the, the mainline churches or the people that you might be con- congregating with maybe don't even recognize that spiritual warfare yet. They're too much into the world and to, and taking their cues from the world and psychology and, and the systems of this world. But I, you know in your spirit it, that there's something deeper that's haunting, that's driving, that's controlling, that's t- t- actually, like I said, driving this world towards a goal and an agenda that is taking away freedom taking away hope, 
destroying, eating, hating this, uh, people. But what, what does Philippians say? He says, therefore, my beloved, chapter 4, verse 2, I, um, oh, wait a second. That's not right. I urge, whoa, whoa, whoa. Continue earnestly in the faith. I must have wrote down. Anyway, we are to continue earnestly in the faith uh, of Jesus Christ, to not grow weary in well-doing, to take heed to the ministries that we have been given, and to um, fight the good fight of faith. So um, he says in verse 9 of chapter 4, he says, The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. Um, and then he says in verse 11, uh, for I've learned whatever state I'm in, I am in, to be there content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound in everything and in all things. I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, and it says in verse 19, and God and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. This is the walk of faith. This is where we're going now. This is how we prepare. You prepare by learning how to rest, trust, rely upon the Lord. Um, and even as Paul was constantly laboring in his prayers for them, that they would uh, know the love of God. Um, that's what he wants us to do now, is to move forward in this great place of knowing that we are loved. And even though we carry about the sentence of death in ourselves, it doesn't matter. It says in uh, Revelations, where is that, Jerry? Revelations 11 something, I think. They overcame him being Satan by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives to the death. We see a lot of our very faithful brethren nowadays losing their lives, being murdered and martyred um, daily for their refusal to submit to the God of this world. And this is this is exactly what Revelation says in the end. These martyrs that were beheaded for Christ uh, they were crying out from under the altar. And uh, there's so many things in Revelations now that you read and you can find them uh, even in the obscured networks where they're deliberately trying to deceive us and tell us things that are not true or distract us, uh, get us to look over to the left when something's really going on to the right that they don't want us to know about. So, you know, the thing is, but even in the in the the marginal news, you can hear about the persecution and the all the things that God is talking about in the book of Revelations. However, I do not believe most people are going to be ready. So be prepared. Three, to get ready. How do we get ready? Well, one of the things I would say the most basic thing is that just to, to make sure you, you have a, a living personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that you have... You have put your trust in Him as your Lord, as your Savior, uh, and that you are you know, following following Him. You've made a decision to follow Jesus. You're learning and you're growing in Him uh, through the Word of God, and uh, that's 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 the basic thing right there. Mm-hmm. You don't have to guess so. You don't have to hope so. If you have to guess so and hope so, you're not ready. Right. But there's the knowing that these things, um, let me just uh, read from 1 John. Right. It's and, like and there's it's talking about the 1 John is the a fruit book of knowing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, it says, um, and this is the record, 1 John 5.11, that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in, is in his Son. 
he that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son of God hath not mm-hmm. life. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. Amen. And so that's... Uh, that's not that and, hard. And, and, and then another thing, too, um, we... Uh, Verse nine, verses 19 and 20 of First John chapter 5. And we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Mm-hmm. And under we, the sway of the evil one? Is that what it is? Under the sway lieth uh-huh. in wickedness or under the sway of the evil one. Wow. Uh, and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. Mm-hmm. And we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. So therefore this we, is the true God mm-hmm. and eternal life. Well, therefore, we are prepared simply by being in Christ. We know we have the story of Matthew 25 of the five wise and five foolish virgins. And the five, they were all ten of them at the door. They were at the right place. Uh, they were all waiting. And uh, five of them were ready and five were not. They all fell asleep. It got to be a little late. But when he finally came, and Jesus is coming, there was the knock, the sound of his coming, and the five foolish ones all of a sudden realized, we do not have enough light. I don't know if they had enough oil to go another length of the journey or what it was. So they had to run and get the oil, whatever that meant and wherever that meant. And at that time of the day, it probably took a little longer to get the oil than they would have naturally. But So the preparedness was in their thinking ahead of time of what they might need. But also to know, as you just read, Jerry, that they, um, they're in Christ. We're in Christ Jesus, and it is the job of the Holy Spirit to get us through this mess. He has been sent by God to lead us into all truth and triumph. So we have one for the money, two for the show, three to get ready. And part of that getting ready is a sanctification, getting the programming, the demonic programming out of your soul. That's what Paul talks about in Romans chapter 6 and 7, and how we won't do, go into that tonight. But Okay, how do you get the... How the do I? Demon, yeah, how do I? How do I's are from hell. A lot of people I would ask that. How do I's are from hell. It's okay. already done. Paul said right. there is Ooh. now therefore no condemnation to That's those who... That's a relief. Yes, it is, but see, the thing is the devil doesn't want you to take that relief. He wants you to keep trying to do something more something less, get rid of something, uh, get something. He's, it's always anxiety, pressure, stress, never good enough. Try, 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 keep, keep you know. And, and God says, peace unto you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Um, and so come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That's the true gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not stop sinning, try harder, get it right, do it over, measure up, be, be responsible and stay sober. This is all the devil's gospel this is part of that that uh, counterfeit conspiracy conformity working to plague our lives. Your life wants to, you want to reduce your life down. If your life reduces down to peace, rest, love, joy in the Holy Ghost. That's right. That's you're you're on the right track. You don't need to work any more equations. You're you've got you've solved the mysteries of life. If you can walk through this terrible, messy, anxious, muddy, uh, afflicted, counterfeit deceptive pit and maintain the rest of God, the peace of God, the joy and grace of God, you don't need to look any further. You've got what you need. Just keep walking. And the Holy Spirit is faithful inside of you to do, to keep you 
in that place. Well, it's wonderful here. Romans fourteen, seventeen through 19 says, For the kingdom of God is not food and drink, meat and drink, but, but righteousness, righteousness peace, and peace and, and joy, joy in, in the, the Holy, Holy Ghost. Ghost. For Amen. he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. So so this is and in it's James, not outward things. It's not mm-hmm. ceremonies. It's not rituals. It's it's the attitude. The kingdom of God, Jesus said, is within you. Right, already. And, and, and it's, all, it's already because the king is there. Mm-hmm. So if the king is there, the kingdom is there. And Let's, out of that yeah. kingdom comes righteousness, peace, and, peace joy. and joy in the Holy Spirit. So let the king run your house. Let him take care of it. You just be a servant to the king and he'll take very good care of you. James chapter 5, verse 7 through 8 says, Therefore, this is now three for the to get ready and four to go. We're going. We're, We're heading going. out. Ooh. And so therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and the latter rain. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Indeed, we count them blessed who endure. You have heard of the perseverance of Job and see the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord was very compassionate and merciful. A lot of times when we go through the trials, the devil wants us to be convinced that God is not merciful, he's not compassionate, he's not going to help us, and he doesn't have our best interest in mind. He is just looking for a way. He, you know, he's he's mad. He's crabby. He's he's upset, and he's looking for a way to take it out on us and find a good excuse to do that. That is not God. Um, and then he adds ends with a kind of an interesting little piece of advice. He says, "Above all, my brethren, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth, with any other oath. But let your yes be yes, and your no be no." lest you fall into judgment. And, and another place in Matthew five thirty four it says, <clears throat> because anything that comes more of this is from the evil one. So in other words, he's not talking about swearing in terms of like cursing and taking the name of the Lord, although that's not what we want to do either. But he's saying promises, making oaths, and you know, I'll never, I'll always, you can count on me. Don't make those kinds of oaths because the minute you do that, you've, you have just committed yourself Set yourself up for failure. Yeah, and for the devil to take advantage of you. So what we're going to do is patiently endure for in Matthew sixteen twenty seven, he says, The Son of Man is coming in his glory, and with him the holy angels. We also have that those scriptures in Revelations. And so those were not to grow weary in well doing, for in due season we will reap if we do not faint. He says in um sixteen twenty seven, the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each one according to his works. Assuredly I say to you, there are some standing here who shall not taste death until they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. Now, we know that the Son of Man is coming back. The reward they're talking about is not the reward of salvation. The reward of salvation comes from knowing him, and the works that we do for him will bring a, a reward in themselves. But the salvation and and that uh, reward are not the same. Salvation is eternal life that comes through accepting the ticket. It's like... Jesus dies on the cross. He comes to you at some point in your life. He hands you this golden ticket, 
And he says, here, do you want this? This ticket will get you into heaven. It cost me all my blood. It cost every of my life. I had to give my whole life to get this ticket for you. Do you want it? I can't force you to take it. I can't force you to accept me. I can't force you to go to heaven because it's all about love and your, you know, your free will. But if you want this ticket, then you're saved. Once you're saved, it's like God now bought the house, your house. You, you sold your house to God is what you did. You sold your house to God at that moment of salvation, surrendered your life, gave up your foolish pursuits or your bitterness or the pain or the frustration. And at that point now, God sends the Holy Spirit to sweep the house, to clean the house, to sanctify the house. So just because the house is bought and paid for by God in full, it still needs some cleaning. And that's where the deprogramming, that's where um, uh, believing the truth and knowing the truth and walking freedom and love brings with it the desire. God's bringing out of us that desire to know him, follow him, and worship him. Does that make sense? certainly does. I want to... uh Read this as far as uh, being ready. Mm-hmm. Okay, Matthew 24. It's, it's quite a few verses here, but listen carefully. And I think this really kind of wraps things up, puts things in a really good perspective for us. And a lot of people say, well, when is Jesus coming? Well, here's when uh, we we get part of that answer here. Okay? But of that day and hour, Matthew 24, Four thirty-six, knoweth no man, no, not the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days of that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, one the one shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for ye know not what hour your Lord doth come. But know this, that if the goodman of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched, it would not have suffered his house to be broken up, Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as ye think not, the Son of Man cometh. Just a quick comment there. So the Lord is going to come just when you think he isn't going to come. signs and wonders, yeah, in the heavens. So, So who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord hath made ruler over his household to give them meat in due season? Blessed is that servant Mm -hmm. whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so So doing. doing. Mm -hmm. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, But and if that evil servant shall say in his heart, My Lord delayeth his coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and drink with the drunken, Mm -hmm. the Lord of that servant shall come in a day when he looketh not for him, and in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him as portion with the hypocrites, and there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So, so there's we, yeah, we see a sorting there. out. We see a sorting out. We see those who are looking for the Lord God, and if you are of his, you will begin to look for him and say those very prayers, even so come, Lord Jesus. And even as we're uh, getting into these years of 2015, 2014, we just came through last year with 
several blood moons, four actual blood moons. Now, just for your calendar, mark this on your calendar, that March 20th of this month is going to be a total solar eclipse. Now, that date, the 20th, happens to be the first of Nisan. Nisan is uh, is the first month of the Jewish calendar, and it is the month which the Passover occurs. Also, uh, on April 4th, which is within that same month, um, there will be the, the uh, let's see, the third blood moon in this uh, tetrad of blood moons. The, the fourth one is going to be this September. So these are signs. There's there's urgency here. People will say, oh, it's just a blood moon. It is no big deal. I know it's really hard to think about Jesus Christ coming. It is because we've never seen it. We've never experienced it. We have nothing to, to fall back on and say, oh, yeah, I, I, I saw that once. I had that. I went through that once. There's nothing except the Word of God and the growing desire in your heart that the Holy Spirit puts there to know God, to come out from among the... Um, the unclean, the vile, the counterfeits of this world, we are in, and pray to God. Father, we do pray right now that we will not be taken in deception by the counterfeits, the angels of light, the darkness, the rulers of this world who would just love to swallow up your people because you said yourself, Jesus, that the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. And though when you said, will I really find faith when I come back to the earth, obviously you also said, if it were not that those days would be shortened, even the very elect would be deceived. There's got to be elect. There's got to be the remnant. And so, Father, that is for your glory. So tonight, I pray that you'd encourage each one. And for those of you who are so, are so struggling with demonic stuff, uh, with lies, fear, addictions, counterfeits, depressions, medications, confusion, uh, stupor, can't read the Bible, whatever you've got going on, we pray for you, that God will give you truth, that you will find the help you're needing, that you will call us. Uh, we do have a counseling, uh, life recovery counseling, and we have uh, services that we offer there. You can reach us at uh, 763-785-4234, 763-785-4234, or go to our website, liferecovery.com. You'll find all kinds of addresses and phone numbers and things that you need and lots of things to read and look at. And so we're asking you, Lord God, to encourage your people tonight. Don't grow weary in well-doing. Mark your calendars for the 21st of March, which is the day after the total eclipse, which is Saturday. We're having uh, Troubled Kids Part 2. It's a conference we did in last February, uh, and we're going to do Part 2 in March. You don't have to have attended Part 1 to come to Part 2. This is for what to do for my troubled children. And if you were a troubled child, you are also welcome to come. It's at the uh, Holiday Inn and Suites in Rogers, Minnesota, and it's on Saturday the 21st of March from 9 to 3. So we welcome you for that. We thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you, and um, uh, be encouraged in the Lord. Amen. Love you all. Bye-bye. I have an emergency. What is your location? for your soul.